thank you folks for joining us to this week's edition of the rec poker comedy hour i mean podcast where we talk about forums editions i'm your host jim reed and i'd like to thank the running aces hotel racetrack and casino and of course website amp our other sponsor each and every episode i'm joined here by this wonderful wizard of uh podcast regulars wizard why don't you tell us a little bit about where folks can reach you well, I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. I'm John Somsky. I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Radman50 everywhere. And we've got Kim Petvet Kilroy here today as well, and uh, she's having a little trouble with her Sorry, mic. Sorry, I'm muted. <laughs> I'm muted. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for joining um, us, Kim. Yeah, yeah. Pet Vet and uh, Fergie56 on the home game. Nice. And we're actually going to be looking at um, a forum post tonight from uh, Kim herself. And so uh, just to set it up, I'll say that it's Monday night. And you know what that means? We're here recording an episode of the forums edition of the Rec Poker podcast. We're playing against each other in the home game, trying to steal each other's chips and win this uh, coveted bronze pin. And uh, the post that we're going to look at, because every week we take one post from the Rec.Poker forums, this one is called The Perils of Getting Greedy on the River. And uh, Kim posted this. It, the, most of the action comes down to the river. Um, I'll just sort of take us through the hand a little bit here, and then we can talk about some places where um, the conversation leads us. So this is from the $11 Super Stack on Party Poker. So first of all, no HUDs on Poker Tracker. So I'm just going to let myself out of the conversation right here because I won't be any good to you at all. Um, we're eight-handed, heroes in the cutoff, and has 116 big blinds. So we are quite deep. And the blinds are 1,600, 3,200. And we get to open to two and a half. And we get called from the big blind. And we open with uh, ace uh, 10, ace of hearts, 10 of clubs. So the flop comes, jack of clubs, ace of spades, five of hearts. So we've got top pair, medium kicker. The big blind checks. We bet uh, an under bet, a 2.3 big blinds, and get called. Um, any conversation at this point in the hand? I think the sizing of the open is pretty uncontroversial, and I think it's a good board to see bet. Um, and a small see bet is typically going to be my choice there. Any input, or should we move to the turn? Seeing I think none, it's all pretty standard. Yeah, I think so, so too. Yeah. Uh, so the turn brings the six of diamonds. So it's ace, jack, five, six, uh, rainbow. So there's no flush draw possible. The big blind checks. And the hero is now sitting with uh, paired aces and a 10 kicker and uh, checks behind. Kim says in the forum post, my reason for checking here are for pot control and to keep worse hands in and generally underrep my hand. Uh, any take on that? I think this is a decision point. Um, whether to bet the turn or river, or, or depending on the runout, maybe you don't get to make a value bet at all. Um, I do like the most one pair hands are not three streets of value hands, just as according to most of the way poker is not always, but rarely. So taking one street off does make a lot of sense. Any thoughts on choosing hard, the turn? Yeah, yeah, I'm hard pressed here to find. Like normally, my bet sizing here would be two thirds pot. And I'm hard finding a hand that would call me that I'm beating. So I would just, I, I, I'm, I'm hard pressed to find a hand that would 
call here that I, I, I would, it's yeah, pot control. And so you're, you're sort of saying that given that you want to play your entire range the same way here, um, your betting range would typically have a larger sizing than you'd like to make with this hand. So you think this hand plays better as part of your checking range? Well, I find that I would have a hard time getting called by hands that I'm beating. So I think I'm folding out all hands that I'm beating and I want to get called by them on the river. So mm -hmm. that's why. Yep. All right, and it does go check, check, and the river brings the 10 of diamonds. So this is an interesting spot because we have rivered two pair, first and third. Um, so normally this is just a great position for us. It gives our opponents another chance to pair up and uh, make some hands that are worse than ours. Uh, what happens, though, is the big blind leads for uh, 27,000 chips or about... 8.7 big blinds and at this point uh what size is the pot let's the pot's thirty-five thousand, and so they lead for about uh yeah pretty pretty big almost nine into 11 big blinds yeah yeah good size bet three quarters pot at least so so sometimes we talk about what, what would we have done first, but in this case, uh, Kim, you ended up, you elect for a, a two bet here. You raise up, uh, not that big, but you raised 18 and a half big blinds. And what is your, what is the plan here when this, when this comes up? What do you, well, before that, what are you thinking when they lead into you? Let's talk about that at first. Cause it's non-conventional. Usually these river leads, they're, they're not, they don't happen that often. Does it, does it make us think anything about their range when they take that action? Well, I think with my check back on the my check on the turn that they could be trying to steal this pot. So they could just be leading out with any any pair here or an ace, just any ace, ace king, ace queen. Um so that was my thinking hmm. at the time. And we did we did intentionally underrep the turn to elicit some of those bluffs right yes. or to, to make it more likely that they would yes. bluff or more likely that they yes. would call our value bet um on right. the river right so so then what made you decide to go for the raise there instead so my thinking at the time is raise and get called by ace king ace queen ace jack mm. so um those hands of three bet you or other two pair or another two pair or a lower two pair get called by yeah i was thinking what if what if the guy was sitting there with jack 10 mm -hmm. and that's what he that's what well, he, he wouldn't have raised me pre-flop yeah so he, he just called he called pre he called yeah. pre-flop yeah so he, he could, he could have jack 10 there yeah so yeah. jack 10 would be a hand that he wouldn't have raised pre-flop he could show up to the river with yeah he could yeah, so that's yeah. a value target of yours then when you yeah. make that raise. That's yeah. a, worse, a worse two pair. Yeah. yeah. So basically, you're losing to any sets, which you probably would have heard from potentially on the, turn, yeah. on the yeah. turn. Yeah. Um, and you're losing to ace jack and you're losing to king queen, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, good point. If they'd have, if they'd have come along like that. 
Well, King Queen would have would have definitely called the probably small. would have called the small flop bet, right? Mm-hmm. I would I would with King Queen. Yeah. And then get a free look at the river. Right. Well, I, I it, it doesn't it, it really comes down to the fact that they they go all in and then I can't put them on a hand that I'm beating with my tear. Right. right. So you end up making the fold there. Is that that's right, Kim? Facing yes. the facing the check shove yeah. from the or no, sorry, the, the bet three bet. Because that is a very strong that is a very strong uh, line that they're taking there when you bet, raise bet raise bet yeah raise. yeah bet, when you raise yeah. the river and we get some good we get some good comments in the chat here from uh, or in the forum post itself from Jamel and Binkley uh, Jamel says as played um, we plan to check back the turn to pot control and following through with a call uh, seems to stick with that plan which makes a lot of sense. And uh, he says the river raise, he agrees that it seems a little thin. Um, so when they are, when you get three bet by the villain, the fold makes a ton of sense. And Binkley says that the 80% pot size of the villain river bet is polarizing, likely composed of very strong hands and hands with little showdown value. So what hands are we targeting for a call with our raise? And put some other examples down here of some of those two, um, two pair hands or one pair uh, hand plus draws that again, just to me, it does feel like a very thin range that you're targeting with that raise. Um, so I think it's a good when when they raise back over top. I think that makes a lot of sense. I do think you're behind. I do think when you're behind the th- uh, when they three bet you're behind. And the, the, the other thing about this board is there's just there's no there's so few bluffs here. Mm. Um, Sorry, when my ninety-five-year-old mother calls, I have to answer. Uh, you got to, you got to <laughs> take that. You got to take that. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> but I just think there's there's so few bluffs on this board. But that... I, I had to fold. Like I oh, have yeah. to yeah. fold this. Yeah, river. you have to fold this. So yeah. that's my post was about like just call and like take your chips. Don't get greedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take yeah. your yeah. chips when you're ahead. And be happy that you didn't put more in when you're behind. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think looking at it, it, it doesn't seem like there's enough value to warrant the river raise. I mean, there yeah. are hands that would call the Jack 10 would call, um, but I don't think the Jack 10 would push all in. Right. Um, and the way this is playing, it it looks an awful lot like a king queen that stuck around on the flop. Yeah, right. I agree. That, right. That's completely, that matches the action. So when you can see the hand in retrospect, you can say that I should have probably bet the turn. Well, actually, and I want to go back uh-huh. to that too, because I think I think one of the things to think about too is, you know, I agree with you. We want to be able to find hands that can call us when we make bets uh, that, are, that we're beating. But I think there's also... Uh, some argument to be made that when we when we go with those small flop c bets that we we do and we have a hand like an ace 10 on, a, on an ace jack five six board that that we want to get some of this garbage off the streets and and that following up with turn um bets can be really uh can be really helpful i think in some of these spots um this hand would be a lot more defined 
if we had if we had made a turn bet, I think. Exactly. And we're deep enough where we could we could do it. And I think if the the board had of like brought in any kind of a flush draw rather than being a Badugi card, that I would have I would have followed up with another bet. Rob, did you have something about that? Looked like you were gonna say something. Do we beat it? Did we beat you to it? No, no, I think he beat me to it. I think I agree that uh, um, the turn bet would eliminate would eliminate any of those possible hands that could out out uh, river you, right? That could turn out to river you. Um, you're still going to get called by hands like like Jack Ten, um, you know Jack. I don't know any Jack is probably going to call your turn bet anyway, right? So you're still going to get the value from the hands that you're targeting uh, originally. So, yeah, I think a turn bet probably, and I think the turn bet probably gets rid of King Queen huh. because now you don't have the odds to call for a gutter, right? Right. Yep. That's a good I'm C betting half pot by in a way pet betting <laughs> much at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's I feel really I feel really horrible about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just there's, did it anyway. There's a time and place for all bets. And he folded fives. Did you see that? Oh, no. Well, you know, it wasn't Chris you were playing against then. No, he's to my left, but Shorzy. <laughs> Shorzy just folded pocket fives. Uh, we miss you, Ben. All right. Well, sweet. Why don't we take a little break here and just hear from our friend uh, Jonathan Little, and then we'll come back and wrap this baby up. Oh, no. <laughs> Just in a second here is that. That's what we'll do. <laughs> have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? What? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. There you go. That's what the man Jonathan Little has to say about that. Um, so yeah, the reason we're calling this the Rec Poker Comedy Hour is because I am butchering the, butchering the audio cues at every front. The intro, the ad break. We're doing great, folks. <laughs> I'll speak to our post-production sound editor about making sure that we keep all that in. So here we are. So we're getting back to this point where, um, so there's this, uh, we're, we're on the river. We've, we're facing a large bet from our opponent. And um, the nuts have changed on the river. So that's, that's an interesting point as well. I think I'm always advocating for more two bets on later streets. And so I like raises on the turn in the river because they, they don't happen enough in the games that we play. But I think the, the one thing that Chris is getting at earlier is that, you know, we, we only want to make bets and raises that can get called by worse. And uh, you, I think when you, when you're raising in the river, you want to have a clear value target um, for an, enough hands in their range that make it a better play than just calling and locking up the equity that you've got against all their other hands, especially in these polarized spots where they're, where they're make a polarizing bet raising into them kind of allows them to gain the benefit of that polarization in a way, because they get to just fold the stuff that's behind and continue with the stuff that's ahead. So I, I, I like the, 
theory of the finding that two bed on the river and your hand has improved. I have, um, I did have value targets in my head, Yeah, <clears throat> but I didn't have <clears throat> calls when raised. Yes. And that's, and that, and you don't have to either necessarily, right? Like you can have part of your raising range. That's a fold every time they come back over the top. And it's a lovely confidence to have that, you know, um, I might even, you might even choose a hand that's less valuable than top two or than, than first and third pair for like an exploitative raise there. If you think they're very polarized. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good question for us to be examining here because it really gets at, I guess the, the one other question we should ask is when they make that large river bet, does that tell us anything about what they have or about their likelihood to be folding to a, a raise? Oh, except yeah. we don't want them to fold to a raise. We want them it, to call this raise with a second best hand. Well, <laughs> is there any bluffs they have on the river? Not, not a lot of natural ones. It doesn't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And are any of the bluffs, are any of their hands worse than ours? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, so that's that's the know. that's the nuts and bolts of it right there, isn't it? Yeah, hands that would go all in at that point. I, you know, does Jack Ten do that? Thinking, okay, she's got Ace King. I'm just gonna blow her off that hand. Mm. Um, not there would be no value. reason for that. Or get yeah, value from that. Or get value from Ace King, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people can't fold Ace King in that spot. I see it all the time. People with yeah. hundred big blinds no. going all, you know, calling off a with eight with eight high. I agree. I agree. But I mean, the fact that I could also have king queen makes it yeah. a very difficult. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd have to have some maniac who was turning like king jack or queen jack, you know, with some kind of blocker into mm-hmm. but like. I just don't think there's enough of those kinds of players in an in this, $11 buy-in no. yeah. player pool. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everyone agrees it was a good fold um, at that point. And it's, I, don't, I don't think good it's a fold, this... bad, ra- bad raise. Good fold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bad raise though. Is it a bad raise though? <laughs> well, bad know. raise. Oh, maybe it's not a bad raise to get called Because by. here's the thing. If, if they fold their Jack tens or their Jack King Jacks or whatever they have that they called the flop with big deal. You weren't mm-hmm. going to get paid anyway, any more than you were going to get from his bet. So it's not necessarily a bad um, raise because you were willing to fold Jack 10. If I yeah. Correct. You could get called by a hand that you beat. Yeah. So if that's the case, then it's not a bad raise. Now, and you were had the and you had the discipline to fold when mm. you got drop your EMT for ten dollars is coming right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Rob is our Zen master, and he applies that very empathetically through the airwaves as well. I find. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, any final thoughts on this hand? Uh, it's it's great just seeing all that. There's more posts. There's more uh, responses in the forum post as well. So I encourage everyone go to rec.poker. And yeah, great it's responses. such a. I, I love the way that people really come together. They put themselves out there. People put. I like that people put things in the forums that they're not sure about. Because if we only ever talked about things we were sure of, how could we ever learn anything? How could we ever improve at anything? 
Um, it takes making yourself vulnerable and sharing something that you're not sure about in order to improve and to get better. And that's why we think Rec Poker always has to be a vibrant and encouraging poker learning communities so that people can come and make themselves vulnerable and put themselves out there and be enriched by that process because it, it, it has a great, it, it, it does have a profound return. So I hope everyone here hears that and goes to rec.poker. Thanks, Kim. I'd like to thank Kim and Chris and Rob and John and Stu in the chat and uh, Jamel and Binkley and everyone else. You're all so awesome. Thanks for